Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. So this is the year of the pitcher, or at least the second year of the pitcher since 1968 was the year of the pitcher. I, I mean, it feels a little disingenuous. The year of the pitcher, is there going to be an asterisk next to that? Right, right. So the, the year of the slick pitcher or, or the sticky pitcher, uh, or no more, actually, uh, given that since uh, they took the sticky stuff uh, uh, sort of out of the game and started legislating against it uh, or, or and show, t- checking people on the mound, uh, the spin rates have gone down and things have, the hitting has gotten a little better. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, you see an immediate improvement pretty much across the league. Numbers jumping up, guys hitting the ball just farther. You're seeing more home runs, more better average. I think really, I'd really love to check specifically the percentage of outs gotten on sliders <laughs> right before and after this change. Because I felt like that was the pitch that had kind of started to dominate Major League Baseball. And it's not just the, you know, a slider now, it's a back foot slider, mm-hmm. all right? So, you know, there's a whole kind of slider that makes it difficult to, even more difficult for the hitter. Because you just throw that really, like, hard down and into a lefty, like down and away to a righty slider that looks like just like a fastball until it's not. We're going to talk about um, relief pitchers and starting pitchers. And so uh, there have been more than a handful, maybe a couple of dozen, what I I would say are notable uh, pitchers that both started and relieved, which is kind of unusual other than that. Only for because when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Just from the perspective of think about your average closer. This is a guy that's going to have exceptional stuff either is somebody that can't sustain it or doesn't have the the control to be a multi-inning pitcher or the arsenal right? or the arsenal sounds like a great place for a failed starting pitcher right and that and that's you know you have guys that come up and they they can throw 98 miles an hour uh but they really don't have a good secondary pitch um maybe or if they have it it's just one i don't think you're it would be much i think it would be much more unusual to have a guy that was cuz i think we've only seen it going established starter to closer I, are there any examples of a guy going that was an established closer and then becoming a starter uh, Wainwright later, later in his career um Wainwright no I wouldn't say he, he didn't did, do enough he didn't do it enough he closed for like a really tiny period of his career and that was like briefly right 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 um a guy that I know well let's let's kind of you know uh, talk about them because you know it's, it's a more of a thing that happened I think the first guy I was aware of uh, and well before your time, and before my time even, there's a guy named Hoyt Wilhelm uh, who pitched back in, in the 1950s through yeah, the early definitely. 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he is a um, Hall of Famer. Really? Okay. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. And, and for a second, because I'm using B-War stats, baseball reference war, um, and not fan graph stats uh, for war. And most people that look at baseball stats say that it's better to rate pitchers fan graph war versus baseball reference when hitters should be on the baseball reference site. But we're going to use baseball reference for for right now. And his career war is 46.8, which is high for a pitcher. Remember, pitchers only pitch a few times a week. Right. You're not going to get 180 You don't get war. as many chances to accumulate war. <laughs> so that you're not going to be able to start. And he started 52 games in his career. So that, you know, 
is a fair amount of starts, right? If you think about 30 starts, 35 starts in a season. It's more than a full season's worth right, of starts. Right. I think that's notable. That's a good that's a good barometer. Uh he pitched in a thousand seventy games. So he was used way more as a reliever. Right. And and he had two hundred and twenty eight saves, but remember the save wasn't official statistics. Right. So getting it, getting two hundred twenty saves back then probably means he had a few more just because of when they started tracking it. And they didn't use them like they do now. Well I, I, and, and like I said, the, the save came in sixty nine. So let's see starts in fifty two. So he's 17 years into his career, and all of a sudden in 69, White Willem, he's got 194 saves, and we just started counting now. <laughs> yeah, he probably lost quite a few. <laughs> no, no, I think they, they retroactively, oh, they retroactively right, awarded him. That's okay. how they accumulated 229 saves. So he was one of the first guys that I remember being, you know, thought of as a notable relief pitcher, but was a starter. Um, and mm-hmm. a knuckleballer named Wilbur Wood was the other guy, and he pitched about 10 years after that, from 61 to 78, had a career roar of 50. This is interesting. 50, he, he started 297 games, and he went 164 and 156, had 57 saves. Um, so he had a very nice career. Uh, he was notable for being a knuckleballer. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was notable for winning both games of a doubleheader as a, so, as a relief pitcher and later starting both games of a no-hitter. So, okay, winning both well, games. Not a no of a doubleheader. Winning both games as a reliever, as a knuckleballer, okay. I right. can see that happening. Starting both games of a doubleheader right. is wild. I don't know if anybody else that I can think of has ever done that. And Wilbur Wood, you know, we talked about war. His career war is 50. He's not in the Hall of Fame. No. Roy Wilhelm is 46.8. He is in the Hall of Fame. Well, 500 record, you know, that's not the best record for a career. And 20, 57 saves is not going to get you there with a great war. Like and, and he was the, an effective player, but he didn't get stats in an era where stats mattered. Fair, fair point. And Hoyt Wilhelm, I think the thousand games, pitching in a thousand games is like, okay, you know, if you're going to pitch in a thousand games, you're probably going to the Hall of Fame. You probably did it pretty good. <laughs> Somebody put you out there a thousand times. But the standard bear, right? If you had to say who are... Uh, the greatest pitchers that accomplished notable feats in both starting and relieving. Yeah, uh, both starting and relieving. I, I mean, there's a pretty short list of I think guys. Only, I think there's only two. There's two that come to mind immediately. Eckersley Smoltz. Right, right. And and to me, far outstrip anybody else because they were elite at both for a significant period of time at both. So both both those uh, those gentlemen um, are involved in baseball today on the uh, analyst side, color side, Eckersley with the Red Sox and, and Smoltz as a national world. We really want to get these guys on the podcast. It would be so great to have them both. Now, I, I don't know how well they know each other, if they've ever met at each other, but let's just take a little look at, at Eckersley and Smoltz's career. So Eckersley came first mm-hmm. um, and uh, he came up w- with the um, athletics. Uh, I think he came up. No, I think he came with the Red Sox mm. uh, career record of 197 and 171 so that's a lot of decisions uh, yeah yeah that means you pitched a lot 390 saves which is because that's a career you know with what that record was as a starter he had a career as a starter before he ever got absolutely going as a reliever absolutely and um eckersley um well if you take the, the combined saves and wins right if that would were to mean anything Right, so is that a way to measure somebody? So the number one all-time combined saves and wins is a certain guy named Mariana Rivera. Hmm. Mariana Rivera had 652 saves, but he did have 82 wins. And that's what a lot of people would not realize that he almost. Now, granted, those 82 wins were not 
only as a starter. Oh, no, no. He only pitched 10 games as a starter. Exactly. So he picked up a lot of those wins in relief. Playing for good Yankee teams that would come back if he came in when the game was tied. So I feel or, like it, it's, a li- it's a little different there because, you know, Eckersley was getting a bunch of those wins as a starting pitcher. Right, right. So if Mariano was number one, Trevor Hoffman with his 601 saves and 61 wins is number two for a total of 662 compared to Revere's 734. Eckersley, though, is third. And what's really cool about his record is 390 saves, 197 wins, um, 587 total. So he had the closest between the two. He was the closest to those two. But, I mean, I think, interestingly, the thing that speaks to me about this record is the innings pitched. Right. Because when you look at Rivera and Hoffman, they were both floating in, like, the like 1,000 to 1,200 range. Eckersley threw 3,200. So, so and and, and as, as an, just an effective starting pitcher. Now, the fourth guy in the list is kind of interesting because he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, although a lot Which of people I think a fe- lot of people would argue he's he's one of those guys that he shouldn't be in all he is he is a Hall of Famer. I, I would say he is, and he pitched at a different time. So Goose Gossage, Rich Gossage, uh came up with the White Sox and started a few games. Uh, and I think they finally figured out after a couple of years that yeah, this guy's not a starting pitcher, which is what happens. Which is what happens. You know, you because because when you're looking at those relievers, you want a guy that's gonna be able to come in. And yeah, I look at a guy like Edwin Diaz, mm-hmm. who when you look at Edwin Diaz plus fastball plus slider has another pitch. I mean, he has like a changeup he throws occasionally. It's not great. But that's that's the thing about him right there is that yeah, he can throw the fastball and the slider is really good, but he can't always throw the slider for a strike. So if you make him a starter, the hitters can just go, "Oh, well I won't swing at the slider. I'll just wait him out." I'll just wait him out. And maybe he can get through an inning or two that way, but he'll eventually start losing command and he can't keep it up. Whereas as a closer, you don't have time because any slider he does get over is just devastating in a single inning. So Gossage was just an interesting guy because it was earlier than Eckersley. So he pitched in the early 70s um, and, and until the through the 80s. And he had 310 saves and 124 wins. And a lot of his efforts were multi-innings because, to your point, with the innings, he had 1,800 innings in his career. So kind of between. So he was getting used in much longer. He would release. pitch three innings at a time. He was and not a guy innings. that came out for one inning. They, don't, they, 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 they didn't they, do they, that. That position hadn't yet. The, the closer hadn't been just that position where he only pitched one inning most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it reminded me, uh, our prior to this, we talked about the, uh, I believe he's still the all-time leader in saves for a left-hander, and that's John Franco, um, who pitched for the Reds and then the Mets. And, and when he came to the Mets, um, it, the remarkable thing about Franco was that he came up as a hard thrower and a fastball pitcher, but his changeup was his out pitch. And it always bothered me as a fan to have a closer who didn't have his out pitch as a fastball. But there was a lot of successful closers that didn't. The I number mean, two guy here, right? Trevor Hoffman, we talk about his changeup was his out was pitch. his out pitch. Gagne, his changeup was his out pitch. You know, you have some closers; they just have that that changeup makes them effective for a longer period of time. Right, right, and and you talk about you know. Uh, War with Gossage, similar war in those numbers with uh, Wilhelm mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, Wilbur Wood. Wilhelm being in the Hall of Fame and and Wood not. So, um, but there have been the other guy we talked about was Smoltz, and again another clear Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, two hundred and thirteen wins, one hundred fifty five losses. When it meant something, right? The win winning twenty games was was pretty important still when Smoltz was pitching. One hundred and fifty four saves, and I, as I recall, he got into being a relief pitcher because of an injury, and they were trying to save his 
arm, and he was so good at it that they let him do that for a bunch of enough to get 150. Another, it was yeah, like three years, it or three was or four not, years. The thing, the thing with Smalls is it wasn't so much the longevity of his closer is that he was absolutely elite at it as soon as he started. And doing then he it. went back to closing. I mean, back to starting. So that was really wild, right? You talk about a guy, because as, as I think you were trying to say, did anybody ever go from being a relief pitcher to being an effective starter? And the answer is not that I can think of. Smoltz kind comes of as it. close as... Yeah, a, as close as anybody has. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those guys, you know, eight-time All-Star Smoltz, you know, 3,000 strikeouts. Young. Yeah, yeah. And he tells his no-hitter story, because we also look at the list of these um, uh, of these guys. Only one guy on our list we're going to talk about has thrown a no-hitter. And Smoltz came close, uh, and then he was hungry after the eighth inning of the no hitter he was pitching and he ate a Zagnut bar and he gave up a hit to Lenny Dexter and lost his no hitter. He blames to this day the Zagnut bar. How dare that? Have Zagnut you ever bar. had a Zagnut bar? I, I I don't think I have. No, I've not. So other names on the list, guys that were effective. Um, 95 um, starts for Jose Mesa. You remember Jose Mesa? I remember they, Jose Mesa. I don't remember him as a starting pitcher. Right, right, because that was early in his career. And then they kind of, you know, the I with the Indians most notably, right? Um, he was a Diamondbacks 2 guy, I right, think, at one right, point. Right, right, right. Um, his career record was 80 and 109. So this is a, clearly not a Hall of Fame guy. We're no. not trying to, but he did have 321 saves. He was a good closer who did start at one point during his career. And and we've talked before in this podcast about saves and home runs in terms of the aggregate are not that far off. 300 saves doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. No, because you can... 400 saves makes it a lot closer. Mm -hmm, Just because you can kind of accumulate saves. But if you've got 500 saves... You didn't do it by accident. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame, and if you've got 500 home runs, unless your name is Manny Ramirez or or some of the other notables uh, of the steroid era, you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. So Mesa, I, I would have career whip for Mesa, at 147. I, I just can't believe he, he lasted long enough to get 321 saves because right. there's nothing remarkable about yeah, his pitching. Never, you know, there was never a game Jose, Jose Mesa went into that you were like, oh, I feel secure now. So he played from 87 to 2007. Uh, the next guy I've got is Derek Lowe. And I remember he's unusual because he is probably one of the few guys I can imagine that had a 20 win and a 20 save season. Did he really? Yeah, because he definitely had a 20 win season. Uh, the only guy that I okay he might have I I I know that uh, most recently Ian Kennedy who you wouldn't think of of either w- w- did that which yeah, is Lowe had like forty something saves in like I think two thousand and then he finished third one year when he went twenty one and eight but he he finished behind okay. Pedro oh. and Zito and, and and Lowe you know a guy who had a better career I think than I even get, gave him credit for he was an he was a guy that got derailed by injury right he was a dominant pitcher there for a couple of years and and he adjusted to the changes in his body and from his injuries he just couldn't throw the ball at a certain point anymore another Yankee on the list uh, and this is the guy who did pitch a no hitter on July fourth nineteen eighty three uh, and started eighty nine games in his career through a no hitter but he had two hundred fifty two saves Dave Rigetti. Hmm. Spaghetti or Getty, they uh, they joked <laughs> about calling him back in the in the day, and I think he's been a pitching coach or was a pitching coach in the majors for a long time, um, and just a, a really fine left-handed pitcher who also had you know a, a very good career um, and and was good at both. I think that's the interesting thing about Rigetti. He he didn't get moved to the bullpen because he was just a terrible starter. The guy pitched right, a no hitter, right? Which is like which is kind of like the next guy I was going to talk about, which is Isringhausen. Is- yeah, yeah. Jason Isringhausen was part of that Generation K where it was him, Pete Wilson, and who was the third guy? Bill Pulsifer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not good when you're the forgotten. It wasn't Pete Wilson. It was Pulsifer, Izzy, and um, Izzy, Pulse, and 
oh, I'm going to think of the other guy. I, I thought it was Wilson. No, it is. It is. You're right. It yeah. Was, it was Wilson. And Isinghausen didn't have it as a as a starting pitcher. Just was never great. No, no. It was clearly not Gets a good. Gets shipped off to the Cardinals. Yeah, the Mets kind of sold him for a bag of balls. Turns into a dominant closer. Yep, yep. Was a great closer for a long end. For, and for the Cardinals and the Athletics, if yes, I remember. Yes. And, and, you know, 300 career saves. So there's that. There's that. But a, a career war of 13. You know, Isringhausen just turned from having what would have been a lousy career into and having a nice baseball career. Yes. notable one. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and another Met on the list, uh, Rick Aguilera. So back in, for the 86 Mets, Aguilera was sort of a, a, a part-time starting pitcher. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't pitch all the time. Um, and the Mets, everybody knew he had good stuff and he was effective for the Mets. Um, and then they let him go. You know, because they needed something else that he he wasn't providing them, and he ended up going to Minnesota, and most notably, and he saved 318 career games. But he did start 89 games in his career, right? right. Yeah, and I think this is where kind of the next one that we had kind of discovered in our research, I feel like, is a little iffy with Wakefield, because Wakefield was a starting pitcher, right? Right. Well, I just the thing about Wakefield was is when they needed him to be a closer that one year, they For like brought half him in a season. For half a season. He comes in and he gets 15 saves as a knuckleballer. So as a closer, as a knuckleballer, I think, number one, I was really surprised at how few guys he walked. That's the more – see, to me, if you think about it, you know what? A knuckleballer actually kind of makes sense for a closer because they have the same problem in any one of their starts. Either, you don't know where it's going? Either either he's going to throw the knuckleball and it's going to be good and sharp or it's not going to be. It doesn't matter if it's the first inning or the ninth inning. You know what I mean? Well, I just think like he's going to have it or he won't. It's such an unpredictable pitch to everybody, including the catcher and the hitter uh, and the umpire for that matter. That that it's Isn't it risky to have a guy who can't throw a strike when he needs to? The thing is – obviously he can throw a strike when he needs to, otherwise he wouldn't be in the major. So it's not so uncontrollable that Wakefield has no idea where it's going. And and all these guys, you know, when it comes to, and, and we'll do something on knuckleballs one day. I think we should have a whole, oh, whole yeah. you know, see if we can get like RA to come on the Just show. Just to talk about it, because yeah. it, it is one of the more weird unique parts of baseball but you go to the knuckleball as a as a major league pitcher most of the time because everything else you had didn't work <laughs> no, no you know jacob de never gonna wake up and be like you know what i think better i'm gonna go add, to the knuckleball better add a knuckleball to my repertoire <laughs> right 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 so um and, and wakefield you know started 463 games so he he was for all intents and purposes a starter a starting pitcher so i i just thought it was notable that when they needed him to close he came in and because they had nobody else right so um and we mentioned rivera uh, and, and the other guy that I got on here, I got I got two more guys. One is a guy that you probably have never heard of. Good major league pitcher. Um, I did not know, believe it or not, because he pitched from 1966 to 1984. Ron Reed, okay, uh, career war of 24-9, which is pretty good. He started 236 games. He had a 500 record as a, as, as a starting pitcher. Um, and he had 103 saves. Right, never heard of the guy. 100 saves means you probably were a closer for – a few years, three. Because you weren't five, getting forty yeah, saves at that time. Three to five years, probably. Right, right. And 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 his career whip was one point two one, which that's pretty good in my book. Pretty good, especially for a guy that started a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're gonna have to because it's like you're as a starter, you're always gonna be expected to have a much higher whip than a closer. Yeah, and, and when you get to ha- turn guys into relief pitchers, it's because they like the stuff that the pitchers got, and they feel okay. You can help us, but you should go and become a relief pitcher. Which is which is why, just to bring it up, just because we always end up talking about them with the Mets, which is why I find Lugo really interesting as a reliever mm. because he doesn't have the trademark things that would indicate he would be a dominant reliever. 
he wasn't a guy that was throwing fireballs and had all kinds of control issues. Uh, you know, he he has plus a plus fastball. He, he, he can throw ninety seven. It doesn't feel like because it doesn't look right. like he's trying. Right. But, but it's the spin rate on his curveball that that differentiates. It, it's just interesting because you would look at his peripherals and think, why can't this guy start? But he thinks he can. He thinks he can. <laughs> but he's he's a dominant reliever. When Infinitely he more valuable to his team, and particularly in this day and age, right? Because I, I think we, we, in the sense we've talked about wins not being as important. So why do you want to be a starter? Uh, is it going to be gross Ego. innings pitched? That that okay, I get paid because I throw more innings, and that makes me more valuable to my team. Whether they're starting innings or relief innings, uh, it doesn't innings. matter. Your innings, right? You throw more innings, you're a better picker, pitcher, you're a better, bigger name, you get more money. The best closer in the league, never going to get as paid as much as the best starter in the league. That's still going to be true, even if a starter only could pitch six innings, as it appears to be the case six today. Six is more valuable than one. Right, right. And I think that, you know, Even if that one is a high leverage inning. Even that, right. And, and so- you know, starting a game, uh, you know, early in your career, you could see how a guy could all of a sudden maybe lose a little bit off of his fastball, as they say, yeah. or whatever it would be, and but still has a, enough stuff to be able to go to the bullpen. But it doesn't mean he's going to be a relief pitcher. Right. Because especially if you're going because you lost the stuff to be an effective starter, shortening the time frame in your game. Not going to make it better necessarily. You're not going to suddenly start being able to throw 96 because guys aren't, what guys aren't doing is leaving some in the tank. So now, cause they only have to pitch one inning. They can go all out. They're going all out every inning now. And, 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 and you can see by the, the fact that if you don't have those secondary pitches, a guy, like you mentioned, Edwin Diaz, right? He can't pitch two days in a row almost, you know, or three days. It's in like, a row, it's like know, with familiar. Can't do it. When those guys don't have their secondary stuff the fact that they throw 99 doesn't matter they still get hit so we, we watched um a, a double header yesterday in the, the yankees and the mets uh, subway series and in the game two of the double header the the mets were trying to come back from, from an early deficit and the yankees brought in chad green who's not a closer mm-hmm. right but i i think everybody would say this is a very good major league pitcher chad he pitched green. a great inning he, he he's he ended the game just shut him down shut him down he had that it's six or seven strikeouts, uh, pitched three and a third innings, and like it was like lights off, game over. And that's what you need. So, so how do you value a guy, right, like Chad Green, who has probably spot started a couple of times, virtually doesn't close, you know, but you know he's an effective pitcher. And now he's valued a lot more than he would have been 20 years ago. That's what I'm getting to. The, the idea of the setup man has been expanded to you just need great relief pitchers. Right, and you need a lot of them. You need a lot of them. So, so, and and when you pitch a guy like that three plus innings, I think I heard them saying that he might not pitch again. Like, let's roll him out there and let him throw more because he can sustain it. Not, not not a lot of relief pitchers can go three innings these days, and then he's done until Thursday. Right, but it's worth it in that one game. We won that, the game. We, we needed to win game, the game, and we won the game. That's what's important. So, so the you know the closers when they're not you know going well, as Chapman happened to Chapman, they're, they're the even kind of more. Because now you can't use him in game two. two, And they're taking up a roster spot. Exactly. So um, I think you're going to start to see evaluation of pitchers get away from only looking at the closer. And we're seeing closers by committee. Yeah. We're seeing- you're not going to see guys getting designated as start. It's going to be starter or reliever, not starting pitcher, reliever, closer. 
Right, because we, we've already seen, you know, over the past, I don't know, five years, I think kind of since Josh Hader has been around, where coming in in the seventh inning and getting important outs where you normally would save him for the ninth inning. Right, now teams are just like, I'd rather get through the, the, the important part right, of the game. I'm trying to get Acuna and Albies, you know, and Freddie Freeman with, with first in the seventh inning. This is the time to bring in. This is the time to bring in Josh Hader. Right, exactly. So um, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to have – these kinds of situations where you're going to have 300 save guys that formerly were uh, starting pitchers. No, you're going to judge guys off of advanced stats. Right, right. Whip, K per nine, ERA plus, stuff like that. And just simply a, a question of innings, right? So if you go back to Wilhelm's time even, you know, guys just threw a lot of innings. That's just what you did. You, you had you, guys throwing 300 innings I can't, in a season. I can't That's punish, never going to happen Yeah, I again. can't punish a guy because he plays in an era where you don't do that. No, no, but th- there was something to be valued. You can value it back then, right, right, but right. I can't hold it against the guys from today. Right, and you can't put them in this era and say, well, you know, that would never work today and all that. They did what they had to do at the right, time. I, I just don't think they would work today because they probably didn't have the stuff to work no, today. No, no, they would not. Uh, they would not hold the The number of down. guys that would have the stuff to be able to compete today would be that, That's limited. a great point. That's a great point. So there, there aren't too many more relief pitchers. I think Elroy Face, uh, also in the 50s, right. had an 18 and one season out of the bullpen, which is just wild really good, to me. But like, I think only your starters from that era could compete today. Your, your Bob Gibsons, your Drysdales, your Kofax, they could come and compete today. But the guys you had in the bullpen from back then, do they get shelled? No, absolutely. Eaten. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.